Hey everybody, this is Nick Singh, and you are now listening to Autographs. You know, when you stop looking for acceptance and you just enjoy your life, the whole game changes. You have to understand yourself, like, and I think the real answer is real giving. Is that I don't understand why people don't get that if you give purely, you get. We get good at what we do the most of. You nurture the process of like going to yourself and listening to yourself and you get very good at honing your own intuition. Did I actually make people stop and go, whoa, humans are capable of more than I thought. If you're great at a certain skill and you can then put that skill to use to help somebody else, that's fulfillment. 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 My hope is that this show inspires you to just feel like you can just be yourself, have fun and, and, and enjoy your life too. So enjoy and take care out there. I historically always forget to record. Um, well, yeah, bro. What's good? Good to see you. Yeah, man. It's so good to see you. Your your podcast has been such a... You've Honestly, your podcast inspired me to... I've released, I think, at this point, 300 episodes. So just like your consistency. Because I, I know... I didn't know a lot of like friends that do it, right? A lot of like the podcasters I listen to who are actually consistent are like famous people, right? Like Rich Roll, Lewis Howes. I fucking, um, Michael I fucking love Rich Roll show, by the way. It's my favorite show. Uh, he's a, he's amazing. I, I love him yeah, so no, much. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, yeah, man, dude, I, listen, I mean, I appreciate the compliment. You've been listening since day one. I gotta, I, I haven't been consistent. I haven't posted for like two and a half years, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> but yo, dog, you're a fucking YouTuber now, man. What the fuck? What happened? I mean, for those of you who don't listen, I'm chopping it up with Davidson. We'll get to who he is in a moment. He's a friend. And, uh, and, and a sales guru in short, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know who he is in a moment. We'll come back to that. But first let's, um, let, let's talk about, let's talk about one, how we met. I think that's a funny story. And then to my tour of LinkedIn, uh, Davidson used to work at LinkedIn and he gave me this grand tour of the office and I couldn't have been <laughs> a worse guest. I was like, I showed up, like it was hot as hell in New York city. I was like sweating, wearing a backpack. I was wearing like cotton shorts i didn't look like i belonged in the building at all and i walk in everybody around me is just dressed up they're ready for work they're in sales they work at linkedin some multi-billion dollar company and i'm here basically fucking around it was like a tuesday and i think i ate every <laughs> single i tried every single thing in the cafeteria i left way fuller than i should have been and for context linkedin it, where is it it's in the empire state building or the rockefeller center yeah it's in the yeah. empire state building which i it was a beautiful building and obviously i've been into the empire state building but never to visit a company which was sick and thanks to davidson i got a chance to do that they had this cafeteria as you would imagine any tech company decked out with 100 of everything awesome between like gourmet food i'm talking about i don't know if anybody listening to this has ever been on a cruise or been to a resort if you've had you know the privilege of having that experience but like all you can eat everything, gourmet food, hot, healthy, unhealthy, snacks, desserts, coffees, lattes, green teas, matchas, you fucking name it, smoothies. I probably could have asked for anything and they would have given it to me. And I just lounged there and I asked people stupid questions the entire day. And uh, I'm just convinced that they couldn't wait for me to leave. But thank you for having me. What, what, what was your experience like of me coming to your workplace that day? I, I remember that day pretty vividly, actually. Honestly, I, I, I made it a mission of mine to try to find like the perfect company in terms of, so LinkedIn is always one of the top best companies to work for. Google's up there, right? Uh, Salesforce, Amazon. So LinkedIn, I would say is 
probably one of the most competitive companies to get into. So it took me five years to get in. It, it was very, very competitive. I, I got rejected the first three times. So when I got in, I was just like, holy crap, this company is amazing. Wait, hold on, amazing. hold on, hold on, wait. <laughs> I didn't even know this. You, it took you five years to get a job at LinkedIn? I had no idea. You got rejected three, yeah. were they not like, who the hell is a psychopath like coming back again? And, and <laughs> don't they have a system where they could flag? I mean, first of all, who applies to the same company that many times? Um, like once you get rejected, isn't it like, all right, this isn't going to work out. What gave you the, con I have so many questions. What gave, A, what gave you the confidence to reapply? And B, did they flag it? Or was it awkward <laughs> being like, hey, this is my third time trying to get in? Well, honestly, like I, I, this is so funny how I did this. I reached out to every Asian person that was in sales that worked okay, at LinkedIn. For, for, I was like, hey, I'm Davidson. For those of you listening to this I'm and not watching it, Davidson is Asian. So that'll <laughs> right. help. So, so one, yeah, it, it, it was really hard. Hold on, um, I'm out. You, hold crazy. on, you keep on going with that story. You really, you reach out to every agent on LinkedIn who worked there. Keep on going. Okay? Yeah. And I would introduce myself and I was like, hey, I'm Davidson. Like, I really want, I aspire to be like you one day. Like, let's chat, right? So I spoke to this one guy named Garrett Rothos. He was in charge of like the Asian Alliance at LinkedIn. So he was like really active. One of those guys who everyone loves has like a billion LinkedIn recommendations, like clearly a very successful dude. And uh, I stayed in touch with him. And then one day he reached out to me and he was like, hey, like you still want to work at LinkedIn, right? I was like, yeah, dude, like let's make it happen. And it was crazy because I was at Trinet, which is the company I'm at now. Like I came back to Trinet and I was like, I was the man at Trinet and I was like, oh man, like, it's good. and I cried actually leaving because it was because I built so many beautiful relationships with so many amazing people at Trinet. And when I got to LinkedIn, I was just like, holy crap, it's as advertised and more. Like it was just insane. What like, jumped quality. I mean, what jumped out at you? I, I I think I remember you're like, they're LinkedIn just does cool shit. I remember the day I was coming in, yeah. you're like, hey, are you gonna be here tomorrow? Cause Andre Godala is coming. I was like, wait, <laughs> what the fuck? Andre Godala, which is an NBA player for those of you who don't know, he's a legend. He's coming here yeah. and he goes, yeah, like he's coming here to talk about his new book. I was like, dude, this company does cool shit. What, what was it that a, he said, and talk to me about your rejection letters. I didn't even know that. And then we'll get into like what jumped out at you about LinkedIn. I'm curious. What, what did Andre say? Or what did what Garrett, Garrett say? say? What did Garrett say? And, oh. and, and had you applied before that and you got rejected? Talk to me about that. That's interesting. Yeah. The, honestly, I felt like an imposter. Like I, I didn't have a lot of confidence growing up and not gonna lie there's still times that I, I i have imposter syndrome like even being on this podcast i'm like dude he had like gary v dave from bullet bulletproof coffee like all these amazing people right so um he reached out to me he's like hey like you still want to work at linkedin right i'm like yeah dude like let's make it happen and he put in a really good word so that helped so the hiring manager i interviewed 118 people and i got the role over that that many people yeah super competitive Everyone wants to work at LinkedIn, like you said. You have folks that have won all these awards. Like my colleagues, like to the to the guy to the left of me, debate champion of California, ranked blah blah blah, ranked nationally. This person has like fifty black belts, taekwondo, whatever. You know, my manager. Like everyone's just like swimming with achievements, and here I am. I'm like, um, I almost failed out of college. Like my name is Davidson. <laughs> Man, that is. Hold on. Before this happened, though, you got rejected twice or three times? 
So were these times. just cold opens, like cold applies, and then you got like auto rejection email type thing? I, I made it pretty far. Um, one of the opportunities, oh my God, this is like traumatic just thinking back at it. Like I bombed the, the, the role play in front of the three hiring managers. So no badly way. Wait, what did you do? And it, wait, what's a role play for those who don't know? So you're pretending that, so I'm in the role, right? Like, well, I didn't get the role yet, but it's like, I'm pretending I'm actually the account executive, which are the people who are selling like LinkedIn products. And I have to present to the chief financial officer, like the director of talent acquisition and like some other executive. CFO, right? And I totally CFO, didn't The CFO engage. of LinkedIn was on this call? No, 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 no. Like oh, everybody playing. was role playing. Okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, so the two, there were two hiring managers that had openings on their team, and then there was like hit their boss, so the guy who manages the two managers. So, and oh my god, this is so embarrassing. I remember at at the end of it, like I knew I didn't get it because I was I was like nervous, I was like stuttering, I was like not making eye contact, like just basically everything that you can do wrong, and and I just botched like the whole. Wait, hold on, wait, wait, but like. What? How did you? Was there any confirmation that you botched it at some point? Did they yeah. like? Okay, how, how did that? Yeah. What happened? How did you know? They were like, "Hey, like, how do you think you did?" And then in that, sometimes like you kind of have to like play it up and be like more confident than you actually are. But I did the opposite. I was like, "Dude, like, I completely failed that." And they're like, "Oh, there was like nothing you said. Like, you thought you did well." I was like, "Nah, dude, it was horrible." And like, they want you to have some confidence, right? Be like, oh, I like, I did really good discovery, asked good questions. I was, I build rapport well, like just something, right? But I was like, no, like it was absolutely garbage. <laughs> and I got, they were, I think they were shocked at it. They're like, whoa, like it wasn't that bad. You oh know? my gosh, <laughs> man, dude. So that, that, and then, and then like, I, I, I've had experiences in my life where I'm like, I botched things so bad to the point where I literally just say, sorry about that. I'm so sorry I'm so sorry that I wasted everybody's time <laughs> apologizing yeah, exactly. and so wait you made it that far and then you still got and you got nixed and then what yeah. about the other two times were it, they just random cold cold rejections or no the other times like I just didn't have good responses like one was like hey like why who are some of your idols and why and then I was like oh Ichiru, uh, Ichiro Suzuki and uh, Yao Ming and they're like why and I'm like uh, because they're Asian, and they're, and they're like, I think they're waiting for me to like say something more meaningful, and then I just didn't say anything. I just like froze, <laughs> and I was like, and then they're like waiting for me, and it was like awkward silence for like twenty five seconds, and then they're like, oh, okay, oh next wow, question. that's that's really the that's really this guy's bar, like any Asian, uh, yeah. any Asian words, and then wait, what about the other time? These are too funny. Oh my god, this is embarrassing, dude. Like, I, I tried to, like, I can't believe you're bringing back these traumatic <laughs> memories because it was just so cringy that I was just like, oh, I hope I don't, I never have to, like, relive those memories. Yeah, well, we're doing um, it in public now, which makes everything better. So, the other time, um, my friend referred me in, uh, someone who I met to a year long coach. Which is Garrett? Who worked. Uh, no, a different, a different okay, friend. Got it. Uh, her name is, her name is uh, Lisa. She worked, she was an enterprise relationship manager which is pretty high up i would say that's like one of the highest tiers you can you can get promoted to in sales and uh she put in a good word for me and my analysis paralysis i did so much research like so much research into it and um i didn't even make it past like <laughs> the first round so 
<laughs> not only did she like prep me and I like read every Glassdoor review, like looked at the website, but like I just had a call with the recruiter and I didn't even make it past. Yo, bro, the were you like like was this like a sense of by the way, do you actually not want to talk? We we can move on, but this is like fun. Uh, okay, no, all right, sounds good. Um I'm making the <laughs> assumption that like you've healed from this, but if I'm wrong, then let me know. Yeah. A lot like what gave you this sense of like no offense like false confidence to just continue to ask people for very intimate introductions i mean like you have like these friends that are going out of their way to vouch for you and you're just bombing yeah. at every step you're like god damn it god damn it like after the first one i'd be like yo i i pulled that card i'm not going back uh <laughs> at least for several years before like i could get yeah, my own yeah. self in the door what gave you this sense it was it just sheer desire that like i will work here no matter what uh was it yeah. this like sense of belief or was it just frank just rookie moves <laughs> yeah you know it's interesting because I now I have a lot of confidence, right? Because I spent a hundred thousand dollars on like Tony Robbins plus all these every coach possible, like coaches that made over a million dollars in tech sales. So now I I see I w I always shown glimpses of greatness, like I've won employee of the month and all this stuff, but I was just so fixated on all of my failures. Like even with this, like I mean, I've gotten over a hundred job offers in my lifetime. So don't get me wrong. Like I, I can interview now, right? But that's why I'm so passionate about being a coach, about sharing with others and helping people land jobs and tech sales, because it was just so painful to do what I did, which was underprepare, over leverage relationships, not role play, like, like with the person who's actually introducing you to the opportunity, like all these rookie mistakes. But deep down inside, like I always knew I wanted to to work at LinkedIn because I was just like this poor kid who didn't have any resources, didn't have a father around. And I was like, wait, there's a website where you can like literally reach out to these millionaires and just pick their brain. Like, that's amazing. Like this company is the, the greatest thing ever. So from that moment on, like I would just reach out to other podcasters that were like famous and they would get back to me. And I was like, wait, what? So I... From that moment, it's like, all right, I'm, I want to work at LinkedIn. This is the coolest thing ever. What, dude, that, that's a really beautiful way to take it. And I mean, you and I were talking before this call started about the level of people that really do want to break into sales. And I didn't realize that you spent over six figures on Tony. I mean, this is a good, and personal development, this is a really good segue. And also, for those of you who don't know, let me do uh, a semi-formal introduction. Davidson is a friend first, but he's also a sales rock star. Uh, Davidson has worked at LinkedIn, I think an SMB or mid-market, and then he moved on to another company in sales mid-market and then enterprise, which is what he does now at Trinet. He has sold, uh, just about everything in tech sales. I don't know the actual numbers, but, uh, beyond being an individual that like he's mentioned has had over a hundred job offers over the course of his life. He is prolific in sales because I'm convinced that he has mastered the ability to not sell, but to help. And I'm sure you could hear it in his tonality and his voice. And that's the real thing that shines through that I believe has allowed him to effectively write his own ticket to any organization within sales that's hiring or wants to hire or wants a rock star like Davidson. And on top of that, his experience is matched with, as he pointed to here, $100,000, which I just found out invested in the self-help, which is frankly, egregious and probably more than anybody listening to this needs to spend. But... And by the way, there's no judgment on it, Davidson. It's just saying, whoa, that's a lot of money spent into self-help. And I love the fact that you've done that. And I'm not advocating to not do that or to do that. I'm just saying that uh, there's many different ways in. 
And the reason I flag this in general is because Davidson has decided not only to, you know, invest in his career to become somebody of success and achievement, but to really pursue a path that feels fulfilling and meaningful to him. And my concerted effort with the show, Davidson, as you know, is I think that we all know that there's tons of people out there that are really successful, but they're unhappy. And um, I, I think even with knowing this, we still continue to run into the same error and we still take a lot of advice from these people. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking advice from these people, but it's really good to ask yourself, is this person fulfilled? Are they happy? And if they're not, what advice am I willing to take and what advice am I not willing to take? Oftentimes people that you know are successful, they'll dish around advice around relationships or emotional health or mental health. And it's actually really bad advice that can lead you to a catastrophe in your life if you're not careful. My job with this show is to find people who I think are doing both and who are on the path to doing both. And to me, that's you. And so thank you. Thank you for being here. I know you're a fan of the show, but I'm also a fan of yours and we're also friends. Um, and I have a lot of love for you. So, so thank you for being here. So that's Davidson. Did, did I miss anything there, brother? No, I appreciate it, man. Um, thank you for being a part of like the creation of like the men's group and your advice, like just your wisdom, like it, not like not only from the podcast, but like every one of our interactions, like you've made a difference with many of the dudes in my men's group. So I got um, this is the, the men's group I got kicked yeah. out of. <laughs> so can, can I tell the story? So, 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 so during COVID, David Davidson decides to start a men's group because of the fellas. He said, Nick, do you want to be a part of it? I'm picking, you know, 12 people wanting to be an asset. Great. Sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a good way to connect over COVID. I didn't know any of these guys except for Davidson. And so we meet and effectively the idea was you meet, was it once a week or once a month? Once right. A month. It was once a month. So the commitment was low. I could not maintain this commitment. And so <laughs> I was missing meeting after meeting and I would show up or I'd show up later, I'd leave early. And then Davidson was all super kind. He's just like, Hey man, like, like, can you still make this work? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can make it work. I'll be on the next one. And then I miss the next one. We'd had like eight of those conversations. I said, dude, look, just kick me out. Like I'm not quitting. So just kick me out. <laughs> and then he goes, well, I asked the guys and no one wants you to leave. And I was just like, well, 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 what, what do you want to do? And he goes, I have an idea. And he called me back a few days later after he cleared it with the guys. And it was, you're an honorary member. And I said, what does that mean? And you and basically you said, you can basically show up or not whenever you want into perpetuity. <laughs> and you still get all the access all the other guys have. And I was like, dude, this this is a lot. Are you sure? And he goes, yeah. And so I still hold the honor, honorary member role. Um, I still haven't been to a fellas meetup in about a year or two. Uh, I hope that you guys are still well. It's cool to know it's still going. Um, but I yeah. kind of got kicked out and then promoted. Um, and so <laughs> so that's my journey. I definitely haven't sold anything in tech sales, but you know, I got promoted in the fellows, which I think deserves some acknowledgement. Um, but yeah, that's that's the fellows for you. No, man, you, you've contributed a lot. Uh, we still talk about you. Like, and yeah, it's still going on. We have some new members. Like, yeah, the fellas, is still, it's crazy to think it's been three and a half yeah, years. Yeah, that's, you've done a great thing. But anyways, man, I do appreciate the kind words. I do want to get into, you're a fucking YouTuber now. Uh, you have almost a million subscribers. This happened damn near overnight, but not really because you've been posting for a really, really long time. The video that really took yeah. seemed to be this like review that you did of Tony Robbins and Landmark and kind of comparing and contrasting. Mm -hmm. I think you hit a real thread there. Um, uh, 
let's discuss that. I mean, you know, like you've done all of this personal development. I think, you know, one of the fun takeaways from this episode for people could be um, why go and engage in self-help? Is it worth it? What are some of the real pitfalls of this industry? Mm -hmm. And what are some of the mm -hmm. real principles that make it worthwhile? And let's just talk about that. So, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. why did you initially engage in, in this, in this industry and why have you spent over a hundred thousand dollars in it? Mm. Yeah. I love what you said pitfalls, right? Cause I, I do think there's not, people aren't talking about the pitfalls as much as they're talking about the benefits. So I do think it's responsible to highlight both aspects. Um, like with many others that like really pour themselves into this work, as you know, like a lot of us come from either broken families, not having a father around or not having good relationships with our sisters or our mothers, our fathers, our grandparents in general. So I, I was under that camp. Right. And hate to generalize like this, but most people that go to these things come from some sort of like trauma or, you know, so I, I was, I was depressed. I was like, just not happy with myself. I was like gaining weight um, and like drinking a lot, like experimenting with like a lot of like psychedelics and drugs and just like being really hard on myself, you know? And um, I stumbled upon this world because um, someone was like, Hey, like I'm doing free samples, coaching sessions. I was like, what's a life coaching session. So I did it. And then I got hooked because I was like, Oh, I feel good. Like, yeah, like I feel like he helped me see that I'm not a horrible, shitty human being. And I was like, huh. So I went from like horrible, shitty human being to like an okay, somewhat decent human being to being like, oh, like I'm actually like a pretty cool dude to like, yo, I'm the shit, like whatever I, I dream of and I can create. So it's just crazy how like there's different stages and each program just helped me get like 1% more confidence. This is a big question, but, and I, I happen to have an answer to this myself. What what would you say is your biggest breakthrough after doing this all? And and talk to me about that. And then uh, I'm, I'm happy to share mine too. I think I'm not my accomplishments. Like I'm lovable despite my accomplishments would be the biggest. What made you believe in that? You know, um, I mean, I think being let go was like a huge, like reality awakening because so much of my identity was tied towards like winning the awards like getting employee of the month like all this stuff all the accolades that come with like you know the addiction of working for these like tech companies where you're like on stage there's like thousands of people cheering you on and it, it's like very addicting you know um and when i got let go like you got you're talking I about you're talking about fortune is that right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. do you want to give like a 30 second anecdote on what happened or no yeah, long story short, I took a chance to become like a, a strategic account director because I went I was SMB, which is uh, for people who aren't, aren't as familiar with this, like SMB is like kind of like you're starting off. Well, all right. SDR is like the, it's like your training ground, like boot camp. And then SMB, you're working with smaller companies and then mid market, you're working with like larger, so more complex and more strategic deals. Enterprises, you're working with like where you can make like really good money. Like if you're good, you're making like. 200 300k on average and then strategic accounts is like where you're selling multi-million dollar accounts so those those are the people that can potentially make like 500 to a million and a and year. you've done and so these I, are these are effectively for anybody listening these are 
titles in the world of being in tech sales and being in software sales or yeah. just really any kind of modern big organization that does sales. Is that right? Beautiful. Yeah, exactly. You've done all of them, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And so here you are. Correct. This was your chance to do the highest of the highest, quote unquote, which is strategic what? Yeah, yeah, strategic, strategic accounts, accounts right? So you're doing this at, you're doing this at Fortune, and Fortune, we literally mean Fortune magazine for anybody listening. So yeah, tell people what happened. So I took a chance um, with this opportunity, and I left like a, a pretty reputable company, like a publicly traded company in, in Udemy, and. You know, I, I was just also finding myself, right? Because I would just be like, every time I made more money, like twenty, thirty thousand dollars every year for the past six years more, I thought I would be happier. But I actually found myself being like more depressed. I was like, huh, like what's going on here? And then, like, I think the breaking point where I just felt like a worthless piece of crap was when I got let go from Fortune. And you know, some of it was just macroeconomics wise, right? Like we just weren't profitable, like this specific division within Fortune, right? And I realized like, and, and I had so much free time because I, I was always like chasing the next high, chasing the next award or chasing the next promotion at all these different companies. And I just felt like really sad. And, you know, and then I had a lot of conversations with people and even just, I was crying, which is like, most people don't do this, but I was crying in front of my 17,000 uh, followers on LinkedIn. And I had like hundreds of people reach out to me and I was like, Oh my God, like I didn't expect so many um, people to reach out to me. And then everyone was super kind of like Davidson, like you've helped me with X, Y, Z, like keep your head up. And I was just like overwhelmed with like the amount of like positivity. And that really helped me see like, Oh, like I was so attached to this like career and making money and like moving up the corporate ladder that I like neglected like, my marriage quite honestly and like my family and like even a lot of my friends that weren't as ambitious as I was right I was just like eh on to the next one you know so that rude awakening like those few months like really helped me like find myself and just helped me like love myself more as I was like literally not making any money and I was just like hanging out and like just burning money essentially. Yeah, dude I mean that's first of all thank you for sharing that and I think for anybody listening, my experience with the relationship that Davidson is highlighting is really, it's like a self-loving relationship, you know? And so w would you agree? Is that right? And so, and so, yeah. you know, you don't like, I love the fact that the fortune thing really helped enforce it. But if you're listening to this and you don't have empirical evidence in your life that feels physical, you have evidence in your soul and you have evidence in your heart. And in the same way, you know, if you've had the experience of being able to be in love, and I'm not talking about necessarily intimately, you know, you can love your mom, your sister, a friend. Um, how do you know you love them? You just mm. know, in the same way that you could know that you're worthy. And in the same way, you can know that, you know, you're loved, and that you're worth something. And if you nurture that loving, and if you nurture that knowing within yourself, excuse me, um, yep you'll have a closer relationship to it. Just the challenge is that most people have like a dirt road to loving themselves and they have a highway to hating themselves. And hmm. the empirical evidence outside has really little to do with it. I've met people who have done tremendously well financially, which is like, for some reason, the marker in society as to how we view, you know, the good life. And it's not true. And a lot of these people are actually really stressed and they're really pissed and they're really quick to anger. I've also met people who, um, you know, just get by and they're fucking happy all the time. And I've also met people who are super wealthy financially, who are really fulfilled and just solid. 
and also people who are, you know, lower on the economic status pole and they're fucking pissed. And so there isn't a right way to live, but I can tell you that your, the amount of money and achievements that you make is generally really little to do with it, but that's interesting. So your, your biggest takeaway throughout all these years, a hundred thousand dollars later is that you're worth more than your accomplishments. That's beautiful. I, I, I would say mine was, um, I went to a Tony Robbins event and it was 2016, 2017, and it was in Dallas, which is funny because he's doing a event in Dallas right now. I was going to go, but I decided not to. I was going to go volunteer. And um, I remember coming into that event, you know, I grew up playing basketball. I grew up, you know, listening to hip hop, like <laughs> whatever mentality that gives you, I had it. And I walk in and they're playing pop music and all this crap. I was like, yeah, these motherfuckers don't know music and people jumping up and down. I was, I was like, oh, what the fuck, yo, somebody put it on some 2 chains. <laughs> uh, and like these guys were playing like top 40s and, you know, you eventually get into it and, you know, you start hugging everybody. And I'll never forget, it might have been day two or day three. Um, this lady stands up and if you've never been to a Tony event, he does these things called interventions, which, you know, he'll pull somebody from the audience up. Have you ever seen an intervention, Davidson? Yeah, he does the best oh my interventions God. when you're, holy they're, crap. They're crazy. Dude. And so, you know, he pulls this lady up and, uh, you know, I'll describe her for anybody listening. And she's this older lady. She happened to be white and she starts telling Tony about her story and what she's struggling with. And it turns out that, you know, her husband was some exec at a really big company. Everybody in the audience knew who it was. If you're listening to it, you know who it was. And she had done really well. You could just tell, you know, she's sitting in the front row. And um, at this point, you know, her problem felt, so, I don't even remember what it was. It just felt so unrelatable. I was like, here's this, you know, older white lady who had done tremendously well for herself. And she's talking about like some weird problem that I don't have. And I was like, well, I'll respect to her, but I'm just going to put, I put my book down on the floor and then I just kind of crossed my legs and I said, I'm just going to kick back and enjoy this and chill for a second. And of course, that's where all the learnings happen. And so, you know, Tony's doing his thing and then he looks at her directly in the eye and he says, when you stop looking for acceptance and you just enjoy your fucking life, the whole game changes. Vroom, in one fell swoop, everything in me woke up. I picked up my book. I just carved that into my notebook and it was this big breakthrough. And, um, you know, if that does anything for anybody, so be it. But that was my breakthrough. I think the biggest pitfalls of this industry to me, Davidson, are that, and by the way, every industry has pitfalls and for what it's worth, they're doing way more good than harm. Um, but one of the pitfalls that I identify are a lot of times people get hooked to the environment and not hooked to progress in their actual life. That's a big one. Um, they, they fail to do. A lot of times people lose sight of what's actually important. They go into these environments and they say, this is all that matters. No, this is a tool that can help you really find what matters in real life. And number three, which has been something that I've been discussing at length on the show, which is purpose. And I think the conversation around purpose is beautiful, but I think it's too far gone. You know, you go to these events, they say, what's your purpose? You spend days, weeks, months, years writing this perfect purpose statement to encapsulate everything you are. And then it changes. And then you're like, what the fuck? My purpose changed. And you know, like this works for some people, but it doesn't work for a lot. I was one of the people who overthought it. And here's what I came up with. I said, you know, the truth is, is that your highest purpose will be very close to your highest impact. And we could all volunteer soup kitchens until we're blue in the face. We'll do beautiful work. But uh, the truth is, I think that your highest purpose will come when you're doing the things that you enjoy the most. And so if you're doing the things that you enjoy, you're going to have an opportunity to give back in a way that you didn't even realize you could. And you're going to have way more impact than you doing some volunteer work, even though volunteer work's beautiful. Uh, and so, you know, the real quest in life is not to figure out how can I give back the most? How can I help the most? Those are great questions. But ask yourself, how could I enjoy myself the most? 
how could I go out and do work that I like? And if you make that your North Star, impact's going to be a natural consequence. And so these days, my answer to what's your purpose, if somebody say, Yo, why do you do the show? What's the purpose behind it? I like it. I just like it. You know, when did that stop being enough of an answer? And so if anybody listening to this is searching for purpose, that's my nudge. If you don't know what excites you, follow what excites you. If you don't know what excites you, follow what you're interested in, follow what you're curious about, let that grow and become passion and excitement. I know you have to go shortly. So what is your, what are your pitfalls of the personal development industry? I'm curious. Yeah, I think too many people are in it. Like people who are really deep in it are so busy, like converting other people to this world that they don't sit down and actually apply it in reality, like in their actual lives, right? Whether it's like creating their own business or, you know, just having time to take a break, right? I think if we're too busy chasing the, and I see this in the Tony community as well. If you're too busy chasing the next high, like the next award, the next New York Times bestseller, you know, before you know it, you know, you you haven't seen your mother and, and father in a year, like, you haven't made time to have dinner with your wife, like, you know, and, and then that's where I was headed, right? I was like, wow, like I keep doing all these great things at work, but I haven't even seen my mom in two months, right? It's like, I don't know. So I think balance, I think being able to like have awareness around that is, is important. Dude, I, I totally agree. Um, I know you got to run. So I want to do some rapid fire with you before we take off. So the first one is, it's a big question, but uh, try to answer it in a quick way. It's uh, on the show. I have a segment that I stole from Diary of a CEO shamelessly, and it's question for the next guest. So my previous guest asked me to ask you this without knowing you who you are. What's the biggest mistake you've ba- made and what did you learn from it? Oof. I think the biggest mistake was uh, not prioritizing our marriage as as the number one thing or well, the number two thing I would I would say first, like prioritize my health, mm-hmm. right, is, is, is number one. Um, because ever since I, I started really focusing on our marriage and working on and watering it like a plant, like everything else is exponentially better. That's a really good answer. Um, you've spent a lot of time around people selling. What have you learned about other people in this life? Trustworthy, kind, mean, not mean? I think... Everyone is dealing with something. So if they don't get back to you, like, don't take it personally. You know, it could just be like, you know, I've, I've had moments where like, there's this one client of mine who her, her husband like passed away. And it's like, it's like, but we just assume like, oh, like, oh man, like this is, you know, we just make all these assumptions. And it's just like, once we realize that there's like another human being at, at the other, at the end of the, the phone call or the zoom call, um, we can be a bit more patient. That's a really good answer. Uh, if you could turn on any song right now, what would it be? Uh, I like, <laughs> I've been listening to uh, Jungkook's uh, Seven a lot. <laughs> I just like All right, right, yo, send me that one. I haven't heard it. In a word, yeah. what does the world need more of right now? Oh, it's a compassion. Okay. In a word, what do you believe people want most in life? Mm. connection all right in a word what are you thankful for the fellows hey my honor <laughs> i love it cool man uh well let's let's get you up and out uh real quick what's next for you and where can folks find you 
Yeah, yeah. If you if you Google Davidson Hang, I'm across all the socials, right? Like like says seven hundred K on YouTube, fourteen point something K on Instagram, like I'm everywhere, you know, seventeen K on LinkedIn. So literally you search my name, it's it's gonna be hard to miss Bro, me. Dude, I have the opposite problem, dude. Every time you search Nick Singh, there's this guy who has hundred and fourteen thousand followers on LinkedIn and he kinda uh-huh. looks like me. And he and he teaches people how to ace data science interviews. And everybody's like, yo, dog, I get hit ups all the time. Yo, teach me how to do it. I'm like, bro, that's not me. I don't know anything about David. I'm, I'm pissed. And he's got the same name. So whatever. Uh, okay, great. Lastly, uh, what question do you have for our next guest? Ooh. How about what is a moment that you regretted but ended up being actually one of the best decisions of of your life one of the best decisions of your life that's a good one uh dude you rock davidson thanks for coming uh hang out for two seconds so we can make sure it's uploaded okay